perfect. I can totally... Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Sons of Comics podcast. I am Steve Pugh. I'm Gabriel Rodriguez. And I am Scott Hill. Welcome back. We're back. We're back, everybody. Back in black! Yeah, we we're back in black. Exactly. So, uh, today we're going to talk about one of the best sci-fi uh, franchises in uh, movie history. Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. I liked Blade Runner, but not as much as Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. Everything Star Wars. Everything Star Wars that we love, that we hate, and that we dream about and hope for. So today we're going to start out with the worst part of Star Wars. Let's talk about the prequels. <laughs> let's, just, let's, just get, let's just get all of that out of the way so that we can talk about the good things and end on a high note with the... Uh, Okay, so here's what we have to say about the prequels. Oh, there's plenty. They suck. Let's move on. Oh, they suck. But I want to go... No, no, no. Let's just move on. (laughs) I want each of us... I have wasted so much breath talking about how much I hate the prequels. I want to do it. That I've now lost sight of the fact that there are actually things that I liked, kind of, sort of, about the prequels. And it's just... I'm the child of a divorce. And thinking about the Star Wars prequels is as draining as thinking about my parents' shambled marriage. Damn, dude. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, I, I just, there's, there's just too many conflicting emotions wrapped into one ball that's like, I'm perfectly content saying they suck. Well, Let's here's, move on. Here's one thing I want you to do. Okay. Each of us are going to condense our hatred into one thing, like the one thing, and most of all, that each of- powerful. One thing that we each hated most about the prequels that made them suck so bad. Okay. We have each of us are going to condense it, and I'll start. Too much CG. There was too much CGI animation added in. One of the greatest things about Star Wars, for the, from the original movies from four, five, and six, was the fact that they used a lot of practical effects, including sounds, uh, stages, and a lot of. Well, they used a lot of models, but that was okay for the time, and it did great things. But I think the main problem with the the prequels, in my opinion, and it's just my personal preference, is I think there was way too much computer-generated crap in there. They just said, hey, we can do all this computer stuff. Why not do it? And I think that was their biggest flaw. Gabe? Too many trailers. Uh, Enough said. (laughs) Too many trailers? It's like... It's like watching the same commercial over and over and over and over and over. You know, one was good enough, and the shit have just kept it at that. So, what you're saying is that you feel like it already kind of spoiled the movie before you saw it, and so that So you could have watched the trailer and been like, oh, that's pretty much did it. Homeboy, I could pretty much tell you how the movie's going to end now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's how many trailers have come out. Wait, are you still talking about the? Are you talking about the prequels? Or are you talking about the <laughs> the new movie? The new movie. Even with the prequels, like, well, I mean, okay, so hold on, let me let me gather thought. So, a lot of prequels have. I mean, you're right, Steve. They do have a lot of computer computer generated stuff, and then it feels like sometimes they take elements from the prequels and throw it into the trailers. And then, you know, it's it's almost like you're watching the same thing over. Like, episodes 4, 5, and 6, you know, the, the storyline was focused on, you know, 
like a father-son relationship. Episodes one through three was more focused on a boy becoming a man. On Damien, the Damien kid, the devil kid. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it now now it's at the point. It's like, well, I hope I'm just praying that they didn't lose sight of the originality. Like, I think of other stories that have like, what's what's the best way to put it? More than just like morals, but like meaning to the story. And then, you know, it. The one thing I hate is how they're starting to kind of, you know, just monopolize monopolize on the fact that hey you know everyone loves star wars so we could just do what we want it's like no you have the responsibility of keeping up its reputation you know don't just throw it down the drain and you know this is where it leads to the movie trailers okay ready ready okay all right i'm waiting ready yeah yeah notice how i gave you all that hype and there's like nothing to deliver (laughs) <laughs> oh. oh snap <laughs> exactly and so now it's uh, like, I'm not free- dude I'm like 29 <laughs> and you know I'm not I'm not 12 anymore freaking I grew up with this stuff you they need to grow up with it too F6 man like get it together freaking yeah. if I can't, you can't it's funny how I go to work I, I can't take a break out of the responsibilities I got same thing with these guys. Just because you make millions doesn't mean you can just take a break. Stay true to the story. Yeah. I guess my one thing in con- in conjunction with what Gabe said, and I feel like this is the trump card, bad directing. Mm. See, everything, all of the problems with the prequels come down to the director. The bad acting, those were not bad actors. I still think Hayden Christensen no, sucks. No. He sucks. Did you ever see Life is a House? I saw Jumper. Yeah, well. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> yeah, no. Jumper was stupid. No. Yes, it was stupid. That's, <laughs> that's a mistake. That's like Make that, no mistake. That, that, that's that like awful. trying to be like that's like trying to be like Matthew McConaughey's a bad actor. It's like, well, have you seen any of the movies he was good in? No, but I saw Failure to Launch, and that's enough. Like That's not a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Your opinion is now invalid. What the hell is wrong with you? No, I don't. I thought Hayden Christensen's acting was kind of atrocious. He kind of made me gag. Well, when I, would I watch mean, him act. at the same time though, it's like you see something like Life as a House, or uh, it's killing me now that I can't remember it. But there's, he's done good acting. He, you guys haven't seen it because you're you don't have the indie cred to have actually watched. I've this seen friend. Life as a House. Okay. And, yeah, Hayden Christensen is still kind of a bad actor. But. (laughs) I knew it! I knew you felt that way! I knew it! But in the hands of the right director, he's still doable. It's sort of like how Keanu Reeves is kind of like a wooden plank. Yeah, he is. That's a perfect description of Keanu Reeves, like, to a T. Yeah. He's like a. He's he's, a total wooden plank. But someone who knows how to use a wooden plank properly in a movie can use Keanu Reeves right. Whereas Hayden Christensen is just like, is is like, if you took a bunch of those, uh, you know, poppers around July, you know, the, the ones yeah, like the snap, snaps, yeah. if you threw a bunch of those in the in a fire and then tried to like, 
contain it. That's freaking Hayden Christensen. Just, you know, like, snit fit in one person. But even then, that could have been directed well. And... It has its time and its place. Yeah, exactly. It has its time and its place. And a good director knows how to rein people in and and do those performances. I feel like the only shining moment, though, in those movies was Ewan McGregor, because Ewan McGregor, (laughs) I think, is a great actor. And even by Return of by Revenge of the Sith, you could tell he wasn't. He was. He done. was not in it. He was, he was checked out long. Yeah, he, that. it's like he was done. He was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Well, the, the, here's okay. Some things to fix the prequels. Now that you've got me started, you can't stop me. Okay, so <laughs> freaking number one, we should have had the same freaking actor playing Anakin Skywalker all three movies. This going from a kid to. Now a teenager... To a semi-adult? Yeah, to a semi-adult is bullcrap. Like, no, keep the same actor so we could see him when he's likable, start seeing him when he's starting to break, and then and then see him completely shatter all in one continuous motion and not... not... I felt they could have done so much more with his character being like, it's it's not that I'm doing something wrong, I feel like I'm doing the right thing even though it is wrong. Yeah. Like, he's he should have been more of being the hero, yeah. turning anti-hero. Which, number two, and this is just as important as the first, the prequel should have been Obi-Wan Kenobi's story. Oh, man, that would have been so amazing to really get his story. Because here's how it would have worked. You would have had the original three movies, four, five, and six, are Luke Skywalker's story. And then episodes one through three were Obi-Wan Kenobi's story. But then overall, they're Darth Vader's story. Right. But by focusing on Darth Vader and basically sidelining Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's screwed up. It's like, because how it would have worked if Obi-Wan Kenobi was the main character is you would have by default had um, Anakin Skywalker be in like the Han Solo Oh, role. yeah. The, Han the Solo one that role. everyone likes. Oh, everyone yeah. likes Han Solo, right? Now imagine if Han Solo at the end of the thir- of Return of the Jedi went evil. That would have been crazy. You know, like, that would have been... Yeah, like, uh, you would have been like, what? No, not <laughs> him! Did you know that there's a series of books about Obi-Wan Kenobi's origin? There are the Jedi Apprentice novels. Actually, they're really good. They're short and sweet, but th- those would have made a really great uh, origin story for uh, one, two, and three, like you said. Maybe I don't know. I have to. At least it was like, it at was least his side story. Well, yeah, it at was least. his story about how him just, and Qui Gon Jinn became ep- master and apprentice. Well, just episode one should have been instead of Qui Gon Jinn being the one doing everything, Obi Wan Kenobi should have already graduated a Jedi Knight and should have been the one handling it. Should have been the one that oh, he was the one, one that he's the one that like goes into town with Padme and whatever toned down non idiotic version of Jar Jar Binks we should have gotten. Kagan Jin should have stayed in the movies. No, <laughs> see the thing is though is Jar Jar Binks. Part of me is kind of sad because Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be like the replacement for like, Chewbacca. Oh right. <laughs> You've got to have like the non human supporting character. Right. But whereas Chewbacca was charming. Jar Jar Binks was not so much. No, he was he was just kind of like this this silly three-year-old running around the set just or around the movie like causing yeah. mayhem and kind of distracting you away from the more important things that we could have learned from the film like yeah. about 
I, I wanted to learn about Naboo politics. I was honestly interested about how things work there and about some of the minor things that probably weren't even as important, but he kind of like... You know, I seriously wonder what's going on in your head sometimes. Oh, I'm just making stuff up. Like, <laughs> you know, N- Naboo politics. That Honestly, there's like Naboo so much... Naboo politics go like this. Let's take a monarchy and let's add it to a democracy and not bother to make it make sense. It was like... It was like... Metropolis and uh, Aquaman's territory. And they have like this clashy relationship. Yeah, it, it, it made no sense. It was basically. No, it none was of the wrong. politics in that movie made sense. It's like, I make a vote of no confidence. Oh, well. Oh, shoot. One person no. said this, so obviously the chancellor is not a chancellor anymore. How often like, do they say that every week? <laughs> you know, it's like, what the crap? I still, one of these days, though, want to try out the. W- and try and watch the... You've heard of the Machete Order? Mm-mm. You seriously haven't heard of this? So... Uh-uh. You're the indie guru, remember that? All right, all right, here we go. Well, I mean, <laughs> I they talked about it on Big Bang Theory, for crying out loud. So I figured it was, like, getting to be mainstream now. I um, caught up. <laughs> so the Machete Theory... The Machete Order is that instead of watching it either 1, 2, and 3, then 4, 5, and 6, or... Four, five, and six, then one, two, and three. Like it's because oh, you watch it staggeredly. What you do is you watch yeah. four and five, and then you go back and watch two and three, and then you watch six and you just skip one entirely. That's not a bad idea. I should try that sometime. Because wh- how it works then is that you know it preserves the original twist, the whole you know. Oh, no, looks, I am your, your father. father. Yeah. You know, and you're like. What? Holy and then and then everything goes to crap, and it's like it's on a hopeful note, but it's this tiny glimmer of hope because you know that everyone's screwed, and you're just like this sucks. And so it's at that point that's like, well, instead of solving that problem, let's let's pull a Game of Thrones and go on an extended flashback, shall we? <laughs> and you go back to episode two. And it's like, okay, okay. So now that I know what this means, that Anakin went bad and everything. Let's go back and watch that. And so you watch episode That's two, and you yeah, see you Anakin and Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. And because you haven't watched episode one, you're not sitting there being like, man, for people who are supposedly best friends, we never actually saw the two suckers getting along with each other. True. You know what I mean? Because it just kind of jumps right into it already. You know? And so you watch episode two, and then when you watch episode three, the other twist that was not a twist to anyone who watched the original trilogy is preserved, which is that... The Emperor is Darth Sidious. Yes. Because see, if, especially if you well, watch, I mean, like, anybody could have guessed that from watching even episode one. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, but that, that's why you skip episode one entirely. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and if you watch the original edition of Empire Strikes Back, it's a different actor playing the Emperor. Oh, yeah. So, it seriously is like a mind-blowing twist if you watch it this way. Because still, tw- you know, it still grabs me to this day. Like, I watched four, five, and six, like, yeah. a few weeks ago. And I was watching Empire Strikes Back, and when I saw that moment coming, and he tells him he's his father, I was just like, I still felt like my yeah. mind blowing up. I was just like, man, why are these movies so damn good? Yeah, it's because George Lucas had people who uh, helped him with making him. Yeah, exactly. Instead he had of people him... who could tell him no. Exactly. That's why he was so off off of his chain, is that now they would give him carte blanche, and he would yeah. just say, oh, I want to do this, and although, no one would say no. Although... To George Lucas's credit, I think he realized it. I think you that's why he sold it off to Disney. It's sort of like the parent who's like, oh my gosh, 
I'm the abusive shithead. Yeah. Maybe it should go. Maybe my children should go stay with their mother. I honestly think George Lucas came to that point. He... Either that, or he came to the also reasonable idea of you know what? Screw this. Did you? I'll hear, just let Disney. Like, did it. you hear what he said? Like after he screened what he had done with the movies, he. He, they screened the movies, and he watched it, and after they were over, after he had finished watching with the other producers and directors, he's like, I have made a terrible mistake. He, yeah, like you said, he got it, but it, it just kind of pains me and, and grabs my brain that well, he's just like, yeah. I am an idiot. I, I made a terrible mistake. Well, and something that could have been really, really beautiful and, yeah, and one inspiring of, one of my, and cool. One of my fall, favorite reviews you know. that I remember reading at the time episode one came out was... The headline just said, it's been 23 years since George Lucas has directed a movie. And it shows. Yeah. It's like he had been out of the game. It's like, yeah. But, you know what? The thing is, though, is that George Lucas shouldn't, uh, probably should not be the punching bag we've turned him into today. Because, you know, it's like, in our hating the prequels so much, and the thing is that felt so dickish that he did to the fans no we treat him a lot like we treat michael jackson even though he's dead god rest his soul we 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 respect michael jackson for everything he did in his past we respect him for that and yet we still have this lingering blame that we place on him and grudge that we hold against him for what he became after a certain point and what he did to himself and did to kind of his career after a certain point. But at the same, it's kind of sad. At the same time, though, I've heard it theorized that, um, oh, I can't remember the condition, but that Michael Jackson basically had, like, a condition where he didn't develop correctly. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Which is why his voice stayed so high, and he always remained so childlike and everything like that. Oh, he's so lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's so lucky to have had that, which then caused him to then get a little too close to kids and, you know. I think that a lot of that was just people messing with him and just preying on I him. I don't know. I I, but that's I just, just want to appreciate his music, so I stay the hell out of it. Um, oh, I do too. But, but And his dance moves. Yeah. And his dance moves, yeah. Yeah. But honestly, just like... Can't beat him. Yeah, the Star Wars prequels. Ugh. Can we move on, please? Yes, we're done with the prequels. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh. Let's move on to the happiest parts, which are... Basically, from our childhood, our four, five, and six, where I love how he, I love how he's speaking for us. He's like these these are the worst because parts I of know. Star Wars for us. Because these I are the know it's true. Part. Really, really, it's, you ought to like. How, how do you know that uh, Dark Forces, the like video game that was that was basically a ripoff of Doom, wasn't my favorite part of Star Wars? Oh, no, but I give you credit for that too because I loved Dark Forces. Dark Forces was the shit. Oh, and I played all of Kyle Katarin's video games that he was involved in. Oh, I played, yeah. I played, you know, uh, oh, what was it? There was Dark Forces Two. There was Jedi Knight. There was Jedi Outcast. There was Jedi Knight. <laughs> Wasn't Jedi Outcast the one that finally let you play as Mara Jade? Uh, uh only briefly. It was, it was that was enough for me. It was brief, but you did. I played get it to... and then I went to my bunk. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was probably one. Of, that was probably my favorite game. I love Dark Forces. Don't get me wrong, but I thought Outcast was an outstanding Jedi video game. It was which, even for how old it is, it still did way better. I feel than um, what was that other uh, Jedi video game that came out? It was um, 
was about that clone. He was like a, a Jedi clone. Oh, you know yeah. Force yeah, Unleashed. Force Unleashed. It was better than that. It had a better story. Yeah. It had yeah. better characters you got to interact with than flesh out, and you got more control of your powers. And on the PC version, you could do all kinds of fun cheats and yeah. hacks to do crazy things with Stormtroopers. I, I, I still kind of feel like Jedi Outcast is where the Jedi thing peaked. And I guess yeah. if I'm to dip a little bit again into my prequel hate, the, the prequels made me hate Jedis. Yeah, they over they, they overused the Jedis. They weren't mystical and, or mythical at all. And you know why? It's because the prequels turned Jedis into freaking Vulcans. Hmm. The prequels, the prequels told me I was gonna get Star Wars, and they gave me freaking Star Trek, and I hate them for that reason. Only for J.J. Abrams to then do uh, Star Trek and instead gave us Star Wars. Yeah, yeah I noticed that, that too. Yeah, which, you know, Star you know, Star Trek fans hate J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movies for that reason. I don't I don't hate them. Do you hate them? Do, do I hate, hate... Do you hate the Star, new Star Trek movies? Uh, I like the first one. I hate Into Darkness. I pretty... I really like most things that J.J. Abrams has done. I love Fringe, and I loved uh, Alias, and uh, I loved the first Star Trek movie, and I thought the second one was okay. It wasn't great by any what means. What about, um, uh, keep wanting to call it 8mm, but that's not what it's called. 8 Mile? No, 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 it's... 8mm? 8mm. <laughs> no, 8mm is a Nicolas Cage movie that is not for children. No. And back in the days when he was still actually a pretty good actor. Um, no, it's the one with the kids that are making their film, and then all of a sudden the train crashes, and... Oh, it had one of those stupid Super Eight. Super Eight is that it? Something oh like that. yeah. yeah, that's the ET ripoff. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ET ripoff that doesn't know how that doesn't know how we're supposed to feel about the stupid freaking alien. That's a that's a very good point. It really did not capitalize well on trying to or you know, it's accomplish like a, anything it, how it, we should feel about aliens. Yeah, period. it's like a, it's like on the one hand, it's like oh, but. The alien was capturing everything, but on the other hand, it's kidnapping and killing people. Exactly. I feel no remorse for that thing, you know? Yeah. But it, it was you just... You know what was a better E.T. ripoff was that uh, Earth to Echo. It was more of like a kid's movie. I heard that one was but good. It was, I need to see It that. was pretty good. None of this has anything to do with Star Wars, though. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Gabe, did you, did you love the Star Wars movies growing up? I did. What's funny is like... So, my... My story on how I got into Star Wars was I was with my mom at the grocery store in Arizona. Ah, which one was it? Fries, I guess. Anyways, walking by, I saw uh, Return of the Jedi, like the cover for the movie. I'm like, Mom, what's that green dude? And she goes, oh, that's Yoda. I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so, you know, I totally skipped by it. She goes, yeah, that's that's Star Wars. You've never heard of it? I'm like, no, Mom, freaking, I'm nine. Like, Back. See, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. It's like, I saw the cover for Return of the Jedi, and Princess Leia oh, yeah. was in that bikini. You know. yeah. But No, now it that was it, the one with Yoda. It's the one it. with just... Yeah, that's right. That was the one where they just had the character faces yep. as the covers. I remember those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all I saw. And my mom explained a little bit about it. She told me, like... She told me the whole story. Oh, it's about, you know, a boy who becomes, like, a Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And... <clears throat> you know, comes to find out that his dad's like an evil emperor. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And she goes, you know, that that was about it. 
And I thought, all right, going back home, play some Ninja Turtles, call it good. <laughs> and so later that year, for Christmas, she got me the trilogy set. That's when I started watching it. But yeah, so, you know, with me and Star Wars, how, you know, I, I love stories. And I know I, I can tell a good story a mile away, you know. Um, but apart from that, like, that's that's how it started for me. So watching the stories, watching, like, the moral the moral of the story, seeing how the characters develop, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was able to put myself in in uh, Luke's position. You know, you know, he starts out kind of like afraid, you know, basically like a wimp, like most people can relate to. Yeah, yeah. You know, you embark on something new, you have no idea what's going on. Your past is kind of a mystery. Or you're just oblivious to the world around you, whatever yeah, comes naturally. Did, he definitely was that way. Yeah. And so, you know, that's how I was able to relate to the whole story. And then... Um, you know, after watching it, it's like, man, that was, that was a good story. And I thought to myself, and I still have the same mentality, you know, a, a, a good story, an original, an original should never be tampered with. Like if you, if you were to add on to it, you better have like another life's worth of experience to like kind of expand upon it Yeah. versus just kind of add bits and pieces here oh. and just call it and, you know, and call it life. So you're talking about the special editions, aren't you? Oh my gosh, where they added back in like CG crap to the original stuff? Hey, you know what? I was young enough, and actually, for me, I always had Star Wars. Like, I can't remember a time when I wasn't watching Star Wars. And, um, but I kind of, I remember I reached this point around like the early 90s or so, like before the special editions dropped, that I totally kind of took the Star Wars movies for granted i mean one thing that kind of kept it alive though was that uh my older brother really got into the star wars books like the the admiral thrawn trilogy by timothy zahn mm-hmm. yeah you know, heir to the empire and and last command and those ones like he like started getting into those books and so i started reading them too and and so like getting into the star wars books kind of kept my love for him alive. And then there was also the Super Empire Strikes Back game for the Super Nintendo. And <laughs> yep. I still remember my brother going to the last level and beating it, which doesn't sound like much, but that game is so freaking difficult that just skipping to the last level and beating the last level is like... Ah! Did you guys ever play any of the Star Wars games that they had for um, 64? Which oh, Shadows of the Empire? I think it was Shadows of the Empire. There was a couple other ones. There, there was, was also one... Rogue There was Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron was like the first one to use the Nintendo 64 RAM too. Like that was like <gasps> the graphics. Yeah. They're like <laughs> less <Amazing>. fuzzy. It <laughs> yeah. was it, it was we were easier to please in those days. Oh, um, yes. Good old um <laughs> Exhibit A. I digress. Exhibit A. <laughs> Independence Day. Uh, yes. <laughs> It's such a low bar, and yet so many blockbuster movies don't even clear the Independence Day bar. It's kind of sad. Um, oh, I love Independence Day. I, I, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, but the thing, though, is that what really made me like love Star Wars forever, because I had other things I liked, too, from my childhood that kind of sailed away that all of a sudden I wasn't as interested anymore, like He-Man. Like, I'm not... You know, it's like, I used to think He-Man was awesome, and now I'm just like, 
I still love to watch the cheesy Masters of the Universe movie because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the entire 80s in one movie. You got lasers, you've got muscled Conan, Conan the Barbarian ripoffs, and you've got hammy, you've got hammy acting. Yay. But huh. I digress again. But the extended editions as a kid were what really made me be like, oh my gosh, these movies are part of my soul. And I was young enough that, to me, I wasn't thinking critically of the fact that, that yeah, Han Solo talking with uh, a job of the hut and stepping on his freaking tail is very stupid. I wasn't thinking along those lines. I was just like, oh, there's more to the movie. I just uh-huh. looked at it as like, oh my gosh, it's an ice cream sundae. And now they're adding more whipped cream and nuts. What's not to like? You know? <laughs> Now I realize that's how you get heart disease and diabetes, but, you know, at the time, I'm just like, sweet, you know? Diabetes tastes good, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I actually do, (laughs) for the most part, I actually, the one that I do prefer to the original is, uh, is the extended edition of Empire Strikes Back, and that's mostly because it was already perfect enough anyway, they didn't have to change much, so the stuff they did change actually works, like... Like, gives you a better sense that Cloud City is a city and not just some random compound, you know, because they cut to the crowd scenes and stuff. Right. Yes. And then, and you know, and then they opened it up with the balconies. I'm like, I, f- I actually freaking like that change. And seeing a little bit more of the Wampa, like, I thought that was kind of cool, too. And and they finally, like, fixed some stuff. So I feel that the extended edition of Empire Strikes Back is my preferred version of that movie. I wish that there was some of the stuff that you could have had from the extended editions that we could keep and lose some of the other stuff. Like, the Han Solo talking with Jabba the Hutt scene is completely unnecessary. Uh, especially since they sh- they shoehorned Boba Fett into it. It's just like, you know what? And, I, and again, going back to the prequels. Do you realize what you did, man? You, like... Uh, anyway, going back to the prequels and George Lucas having a hard time. George Lucas lacks focus he's he lost all it. He over lost the, it. he's well i mean he's just all over the place and the thing is though is i don't think he ever really had it not a lot of people realize how much his ex-wife you know his wife at the time that he was writing star wars how much she's responsible for its humanity like mark hamill once was saying in an interview she's like oh no she's the reason why these characters really clicked because she was the one that's just like no you need you know it's like she was george lucas's editor she kept him on straight she kept him on straight he's like well how about this idea it's like no Hmm. that's kind of dumb or yeah that's (laughs) a good idea you know what i mean it's just like and anyone who's ever tried to collaborate with their spouse knows that it's both the most frustrating and rewarding thing that you can do. Oh, yeah. Frustrating because you're like, why can't you just understand where I'm coming from? And rewarding because once you get to the finished product, once you get to the finished product, you're just like, oh, you know, it's better that you interfered, actually. Oh, yeah. We can all all agree with that. There's there's so many times, I think, where we where each of us have our yeah. we think we're doing great but at the same time we don't have anybody to tell us that that idea is really freaking yeah. stupid but without without anyone to tell him no George Lucas just lacks focus he doesn't realize the thing about movies is that movies are basically like you know how you had to write a uh, an essay 
Sure. And there's that whole, like, essay format. You've got to do your thesis. Right. And then in your thesis, you then, uh, after you've stated the thesis, then you have the supporting arguments and everything. And then when you're done with that, you come to the conclusion. And you can't introduce anything into the conclusion that wasn't already in the thesis. You know, it has to progress, and that's sort of Yeah, like, you have to that, go through the body, and then the That's how you make a movie. Yeah. You focus it. Movies are two-hour arguments as to why you should give a shit about this movie. And that's that's one of the things that drew me to these movies, I think, originally, but I didn't know it yet. Because while growing up, for me, Star Wars, I always had it. I can't remember the first time I watched it, but I know that my dad loved it. And my dad saw it originally when it had first come out in yeah. theaters. And he went and saw it, and he's always liked sci-fi stuff. I mean, he used to watch Star Trek and all these other stuff and so I did too and when I watch Star Wars I'm taken back to that place in time where my dad would watch it with me and he got me into it and I just love it and and I I always loved the movies but I could never pin down exactly why but I knew I loved the story I love learning about how Luke was had this history that he didn't know about how he had all these things behind him that he had no idea he was a part of and then he gets outside of that and learns who his father is. He learns this about these things that change who he is fundamentally. And we get to meet all these great characters that shape the whole story, and we get to learn about them too, like uh, Han and Leia. And, you know, watching it now, I see exactly what made the movies for me. For one, the story, like I've said. The music, number two and how it all fits together. Star Wars had like this perfect formula for telling an impressive and gripping story without losing focus. Yeah. And like you said, because of his wife, his ex-wife and because of other factors, we got this really well put together um, story put in a movie format that we could all consume at a wonderful pace and just feel it as you watch it I got to feel how insecure Luke was about where he was when he started in the movie and then how he was trying to become something in Empire Strikes Back and who he ended up being by Return of the Jedi like there is such a big distinction in each of those movies to how he progressed and that's one of my most favorite things about it is how we see Luke so insecure and unsure about who he is and then by the end, you see him walking around this this proud Jedi who knows who he is and what he wants to do, and he has like this purpose. So, I actually have a question: who who do you guys like more, Luke or Han Solo? I'm a Luke guy, but yeah, I'm a Luke guy, I guess. I, I'm on what Luke's side. You, I'm Team Luke. Hashtag Team Luke. Huh. <laughs> Luke or Han Solo? I don't know. I've never been asked that before. If you're a woman, you love Han Solo. Pretty much. He's the bandito, you know. He's the he's the bandit. Yeah. Smoking the bandit. I'll be honest. I, as much as I wasn't too crazy about Luke, it probably related more to him. See, versus, I, I just think that's Han so funny because I, I also have always loved Luke Skywalker. Like, I guess even as a kid, I like realized that there was no point in ever hoping to try and be as cool as Han Solo. Because my my older brother already had that covered. And well, he so, was the bee's knees from the beginning to end. Well, so. but I mean, it's like, I had my older brother, who was always cool, always really social and everything like that. I'm like, my brother is Han Solo. So, I'm Luke. 
<laughs> you know, and in my like, life story, right? <laughs> the, the, yeah, yeah. But it's like Luke. To me, anyone. He taught us how to a, grow up. Yeah. The, here's the thing. Nowadays, when people look at like who is the hero, the like the the poster child for the hero's journey. Nowadays, people will point at Harry Potter, and I hate those people because it's <laughs> Luke freaking Skywalker, yo. He was Luke was the poster child for teaching us kids growing up how to grow up. Well, he was like, and unlike Harry Potter, who don't get me wrong, I love the Harry, I love Harry Potter. The books are fun to read. Most and, people do, you know. But it's like, but Harry Potter felt like a lot of there were a number of his victories that were handed to him. Luke never had any of his victories handed to him. He got his freaking hand cut off. Yeah, he got his hand <laughs> cut yeah, off. Yeah, that was probably the only thing handed to him. In fact, <laughs> his own hand. In fact <laughs> yeah. Luke didn't win, in a sense. Technically, no, he didn't. If, did if he? Darth Vader had not... You know what I mean? It's like, when your chances of winning are based off of somebody else hopefully making the right decision, <laughs> uh, from a certain point of view, you've lost... That's true. If it all yeah. hinges on somebody else's decision, yeah, I mean, it's like if, if, if it's like I would not pl- I would not uh, do the stock market that way. That's for dang sure. You nope, know? you're gonna you're gonna bet on the losing horse th- every time for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's like from a from a certain point of view, to take a term from Obi Wan Kenobi, Luke had straight up lost his journey, and and it was only, you know, it, it, it's only in the sense that he still stuck with it that he inspired someone to turn his loss into a victory. And I think that, I find that so resonant. Just that idea of, I'm going to do the right thing. Even though, holy crap, I want to just beat your wrinkly old face down with a lightsaber. I'm going (laughs) to throw this away. And that's the thing too. Luke also, you know, Luke was far from perfect too because he's straight up Try he he tried to strike down Palpatine. He did. He, he tried. Did, he, he was, was like, gonna do it. He was, if Darth Vader had not stopped him, he would have given into anger and killed it. It was Batman gonna kill the Joker, you know? Y- yeah, it exactly. Exactly. So it's like that's close. Tempted manslaughter. You know what I mean? But it's <laughs> like, but luckily it didn't happen, and and I think a lot of people can relate to that. We have a lot of situations where it's like, oh my gosh, I would have gone to the dark side if some outside influence hadn't stopped me. I would have done it, so to speak. And so, and so, like, I just think, I just find Luke Skywalker a very profound character for that reason. He's not cool, but I think that's part of the reason why I like him. Because I've never been cool. And I don't really, I don't really, I love cool. I find cool to be entertaining, but I don't relate to cool. I relate to a backwoods kid who has dreams of being something more. And then having to see the harsh reality of what those dreams mean, and still trying to stick to who he is at his core anyway. Did you? I was gonna say that. I mean, the way you put that, it's more like he was cool in his own way. I don't know. I I always thought that was cool of him that he was able to become make himself something out of absolute nothing. Like even like let's like let's look at the story this way. Let's say let's say him him and. Him and good old Darth never had any correlation. Let's say they, they weren't even father and son, you know? <clears throat> Let's just say they were just complete strangers. They know what's up, blah, blah, blah. 
and you know you still have the same storyline and then you get back to that same that same uh, scene where he's ready to strike down Palpatine you know it it was basically um well, with the storyline as it is it was a father protecting his son as far as like his morals go letting his son know hey look you know I already effed up don't do what I did or you're gonna end up like me now you take that factor away that they were father and son it's still the same principle it's from man to man hey you know I might not know you as well as you probably know of me but I'll tell you this you do that it's not gonna be fun it's exactly what he wants you to do and you know it's just that like I said before you know it's that moral it's actually really profound. Yeah, that'd be moral compass. That moral compass that they were trying to protect. Because you can you can see. Because even when you know after it was all said and done, he uh, Darth Vader's helmet comes off. You, the, just the look in his eye was like, you know, it's. You can tell he's sitting there thinking, and trying to tell Luke, "Hey, look, you know, yeah, Captain Obvious, I know I effed up, but amidst all this." there was actually hope like i still that that small shred of goodness was still there and like, it and that even though it stayed dormant he made it dormant and we saw why after episode three but still like in the end it came out and it okay it basically just kind of saved him in a sense yeah in the sense that you know he he was able to find he was able to kind of forgive himself in the end yeah like yeah. i kind of I kind of view it as sort of like, as you get older, it's easier to become very cynical. It's easier for you to just like, not only to stop hoping, but to forget what it was like to hope. Yeah. And I almost feel like Darth Vader had lost that. Yeah. Had been at that point long before episode four. Like he, like that was what episode three should have shown us, shown happened to him. It got kind of muddled and unfocused in trying to show that to us, but yeah. I'm, I'm leaving it alone because... Sans three limbs. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like... But yeah, it's just that cynicism and that sort of belief that the world is screwed up and there's no... You know, that kind of... There's no point in trying to hope. You know? And Luke... Like, I think the idea was that Darth Vader saw in Luke the possibility that maybe it was, you know, maybe it was a, it was, maybe it was bad to give up hope in the first place. And you could almost interpret his actions like him stopping Luke from hitting the Emperor as almost like him wanting to give Luke the chance to actually follow through with his, you know, with his thought. Well, of, I think it was apparent even in, uh, in Empire Strikes Back that we know that Darth Vader had qualms about confronting his son I think like that it was in his head that I don't know if I can you know do this to my own son if I can convince him to do this sort of thing that I've been doing for years and years and years and I think that was well it was mostly apparent in Return of the Jedi you know there was these 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 pauses yeah. like when when Luke was like I, I, I know there's good in you I know that you're still my father and that you can be redeemed and there was just you know those little pauses that say a thousand words without saying anything that would just he's like yeah. i can i am good but I, I i i have to obey my master yeah. i i don't know in empire strikes back i think darth vader was truly committed to turning luke to the dark side but pretty just, well committed yeah 
I just realized something though as you were talking about that. That scene where Luke is talking with Darth Vader. Um, he's on. Uh, where was he on? He was well, on, they're on the moon of Endor. Uh, Endor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they're not actually on Endor. They're, they're on, on the, the moon, moon of Endor. Endor. Yeah. <laughs> People get that wrong. Yeah, didn't you ever watch Battle for Endor or you know the? Oh my gosh! Yes, I did watch those. And they Are you were kidding? They were bad. Oh, you know what? I still loved them. They're Star Wars. They're, they're Star Wars Extended Universe, and I still watched them. They felt more like Willow movies. They than, really did. Didn't they? they were kind Star of Willow like, weren't they? Yeah, they they felt like they felt like a sequel to Willow. They didn't feel like Star Wars. Um, but I realized though that during that scene where Luke is saying the whole "I have good in you." That's the first time in the original trilogy we see someone talk back to Vader and live. And live, yeah. That's a good point. We don't... That's the first time. Anybody else is just like, you know, you know, getting choked out. <laughs> the force choke. Force choke. And, you know, I actually, I read recently somebody, somebody was talking about how they hate that scene because they feel like in that scene, that's when the badass Vader that we know, like, completely turn. you know, it's like, it's like, now that you look back in hindsight... That's the scene where we realized that he was that he was that punk Hayden Christensen all along. Even back in back when George Lucas made Return of the Jedi, I'm like, no, that's, no, that's messed up. Vulnerability do doesn't mean yeah. In the, I look at it as just sort of like I actually I love that scene. I love it because that's powerful. I love it because in that one scene, that scene is like the sequel to. Luke Skywalker's duel with Darth Vader. When he learns that Vader's his father. Yeah, because It's the follow-up. Yeah, it's the follow-up, because he had no idea what the crap he was doing then. He He's sitting there thinking, you know, he's sitting there thinking, it's like, oh, I'm the hero, you're the bad guy, this is gonna be simple. Oh, and then the interlude, when he's back on the Millennium Falcon, and he's laying there thinking, Ben, why didn't you tell me? You yeah. You know, like, how could you not tell me that Vader was my father? Yeah, and it's just like... Because you would have pussied out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things I wish had happened in the prequels, actually... One, I think it was stupid that Padme died the way she did. Especially since Leia straight up remembered her birth mom. I don't remember anything as baby. Do you? Nope. Yeah, like, that was stupid. It should have been Padme lived, went with Leia to Alderaan... And, you know, she's killed took, by a mugger. Uh, well, no, died of old age or sadness or whatever. But, but I wish that, like, I wish that, like, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where they probably could have done something where they made Darth Vader or the Emperor or whatever think that they had died. And that's why they didn't keep looking for them or whatever. And, and during the sort of, okay, so now that we've done this and they think we're dead and we're going to go into hiding, I wish Padme would have said something to the effect to Obi-Wan Kenobi of like, look, uh, it's like, so as you watch over my son, if he ever asks about his father, tell him the good things. Lie to him. Yeah, lie to him. Basically just like, don't tell him, yeah. Don't don't tell him the, about the man he became. Tell him about because then if you go back and watch, the funny thing is if you go back and watch episode four, and Luke's like, is like you knew my father, and you look at Obi Wan Kenobi, he looks like he's choosing his words carefully. Yeah, he really does. does. Like he totally looks like he's like, yeah, I knew your dad. Oh, Alec Guinness does that very ponderous look he does. He's just like. You know, he just does. The that. funny thing yeah, is, is it's very likely that 
it's very likely that what Alec Guinness was really doing was thinking, how can I say these lines where they don't sound stupid? Because <laughs> Alec Guinness hated the Star Wars How movies. do I maintain my dignity to Yeah, this? exactly. <laughs> He's just sitting there, oh, this is, I feel so stupid. How do I say this without without breaking down? And I was in Lords of Arabia for crying out loud. The bridge over the River Kwai! <laughs> yeah, too true. Yeah, but, but even though, like, it works. And even, too, the, you know, a lot of people complain... That it makes no sense that R two D two had been traveling around with Obi Wan Kenobi because he didn't he didn't remember owning a droid in Episode four. I'm like morons. <sighs> the way he says the line almost seems like there's a slight wink to it. It's like, huh? I don't remember owning a droid. Almost like a what? You're telling people I owned you now? You, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like what type of lies are you telling R two D two? Yeah, it's funny that that droid was all over the place in the movies, and yet the droid never said anything to Luke like, "Oh, I have all these records. I have tons of video I could show you about, you know, your uh, yeah. your, your dear old your dear old that's, dad." That's where yeah. things kind of fall apart. Yeah, it's like if you wanted R two D two to be in the movies, you shouldn't have gotten close to his father yeah. or made him stay around his father very much. <laughs> I don't know. In some ways, do you almost think it would have been better if, in the prequels, they had just had a clean start and had different droids instead of r2d2 and c3po probably probably would have made more sense that way at least you know i mean yeah they're iconic but you don't have to have them everywhere yeah yeah they're important but they're not like top level important Well, like what kind of made them what kind of made them good characters they felt incidental they felt like they only fell into this by accident and when you put them in the prequels, then it makes them feel like they were destined to fall into this. And They're like the oracles of the movie. They, like, travel around everywhere, seeing everything, reporting on everything. Well, more like R2-D2. C-3PO well, is yeah. just along for the ride. C-3PO is useless. He's just like, I hate my life. I hate, I hate being a... I hate being this, uh... What do they call a, a protocol droid? droid. <laughs> yeah. I hate being a protocol droid. Well, the funny droid. thing is, is he was made for one purpose. A purpose, mind you, that we've, like, never seen him actually fulfill. That's true. A He's... golden walking... Google he, Translate. That's really what his purpose yeah. was. Actually, no. We saw him do it one time, kind of, and that was with the Ewoks. Oh, when he... No, no. When he translates for Jabba. That, too. Oh, yeah. That's true. But even still, it's just like... Yeah. Yeah. He kind of lost his purpose there. Yeah. But, I mean... I felt like the whole entire series had, from start to end, you had your opening with A New Hope, and that kind of gave you all the basics of... of who we, who we know and what we know about them. Empire Strikes Back, I like the fact that it kind of ended darkly for for Luke, and, I, and well, it wouldn't have been the same if it hadn't. Because you can't win, it, you can't win at everything. Yeah. yeah, you can't win all the time. And that's the kind of lesson it teaches. Yeah, you can't... Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win all, that, all now, the time. Now I'm just picturing... Uh... Emma Stone lip syncing that yeah. song. All I do, do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm sure our audience loves our tangents. I know, right? Uh, All three I, of them. I like the fact huh. that he didn't necessarily win. Well, I mean, in the end, but he he kind of did. But in Empire Strikes Back, that he kind of lost. I like the fact that he lost because it wouldn't have been the same if it had been. Oh, I triumphed over the Empire every single time. It's yeah. it's a story of learning how to lose and then winning. In the end, so, winning from your losses. Yeah. Can we talk about hashtag the... reality? Yeah. Hashtag reality. <laughs> Can we talk about the Ewoks for a second? Sure. What, what do you, do you guys think about? of the Ewoks? Um, because there's people who are who are basically like the Ewoks are the original Jar Jar Binks. 
No, I don't no. feel that way at all. First of all, they were useful. Yes. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, they had a. Sl- they're you could tell their IQs were a slightly higher than Jar Jar's. Like they were definitely more useful, like you said. Just because they were running, cuddly little teddy bears running around doesn't mean yeah. they were they were useless. No, they, they had strategy. They were a tribe. Like that. Freaking, you do your history. They made a great impact on the at the Battle of Endor. Yeah, exactly. Their freaking traps that they did on those ATATs, though. It's smart. Those were like my favorite parts of the movie. I'm like, uh, I remember there's like there's three traps. So here we go. Trap one. Yes, I love that one. Now there's trap two, and then finally trap three, where it's all tripping over the logs and then falls down. I'm like, yeah, as a kid, I loved that crap. Uh, but I felt like the Ewoks were were great i didn't feel like they were out of place i felt like they fit very well in their environment and that they served a great purpose i feel like the one part where they fall apart a little bit is when they try to get shown as threatening you know like oh no they're gonna eat us never for a second did i ever believe that the ewoks were actually gonna eat them you know like i didn't that didn't make like that didn't i'm like i I don't buy that at all no (laughs) no not at all yeah but uh, what they should have done was shown the scene doesn't work (laughs) if that threat wasn't real exactly so that's a part where it's like that scene kind of fails a little and then not only that too when you see them throwing the rocks on the stormtroopers and it like bounce off lightly like they got (laughs) hit by a paper bag but they're reacting like they got hit like you're just like Those are the parts that I think the people who hate the Ewoks are reacting to. Maybe the density of those rocks was a lot heavier than we anticipated. <laughs> then why didn't they dent the freaking armor? That would have been that would have been awesome. Like these little Ewoks. Ah! But his heads are just like totally indented. Yeah. But at the same time, though, I think the biggest thing that was important to me as a kid about the Ewoks is they taught me about the harsh realities of war. We saw a freaking Ewok realize his friend was not gonna ever wake up again. Oh, that was heartbreaking. That was so heartbreaking. Like, they're running. It's hard blast, to Blast! Both of them fall. One of them gets up. He's like, oh. And starts nudging the other one. And his friend's and not then getting nu- up. And then realizes he's not getting up. And you just see him hanging his head. And it's like, oh, Like, I'm getting teary. I'm thinking about so this. Because it's like, it's like, you know, teach me about that, Jar Jar Binks. Gosh. Yeah. And then... Crashing the boss's hay blaver? Bad bombing. That's right. That's right. Bad bombing. And, and not only that, too, the Ewoks at the end during their party were using uh, Stormtrooper helmets as uh, as drums, right? It's a nice touch. Yeah, it makes you wonder what happened to the Stormtroopers that were wearing those helmets. <laughs> Did they become dinner? Uh, well, yeah, apparently they like know. human flesh. <laughs> so, I guess we... Well, I mean, that's kind of morbid, but anyway... Yeah. Hey, it's a maybe in race. Yeah, that's true. That was don't a- judge. Yeah, don't judge. <laughs> that was actually that is actually something I'm kind of torn about with the special editions because on the one hand I love the yub the yub nub song. Yeah. But I also I do still like the seeing in uh, Tatooine and and Cloud City and and um, uh, how am I spacing out on the name of the big city planet place? Oh, Coruscant. Yeah, and like Coruscant, like seeing, like I loved cutting and seeing how in those places they were 
celebrating like the downfall of the empire like to me that just really gave this sense of like finality that is ironic now that we're getting episode together. seven mm-hmm. <laughs> and with episode seven it's like oh nothing ever got solved it's like but over. <laughs> all right <laughs> but moving on let's move on to the next set of movies what are your guys's feelings do you think this is going to be a return to where we should be with the movies or is this going to be another flop uh, <laughs> one sentence impression one sentence i'm i've been hurt before so i'm playing it safe cautiously optimistic yeah that's yeah. that's mine yeah like i it's one of those things where it's like Honestly, I'm kind of where Darth Vader was at the end of Return of the Jedi. It's like, I want to hope. I really do. I want to hope that there's goodness in the world. I wish I could. (laughs) I wish I could. But I, you know, but I have been burned so many times before that I think this world is a huge, terrible piece of crap crap (laughs) that I'm just not going to bother hoping until I see reason to hope. What about you, Gabe? What do you think? And so I'm hoping this movie will be like Luke Skywalker throwing the lightsaber in front of the Emperor and give me reason to hope again. Anyway, sorry. Huh. No, I was thinking about that. And then again, back to the scene where um, where uh, Darth Vader stops Luke from striking Palpatine. Now it, now I'm at the point it's like, you know what? Go at it, son. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you better, I better, you better hope Seven comes out on top of its game, especially with all the money put into it, with all the people behind it, the reputation behind it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, you already, you guys already damaged the name. We've seen the name be used for good. We've seen the name damaged. It's like, let's mend it. Either, you know, it's like, now it's, now it, it's, it's, you know how you have that friend that always says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and they still do it again. After you know you get fed up and you're at the I point. really am sorry though, okay? Gosh. <laughs> but but you know, and then now you're at the point it's like, you know, whether you're sorry or not, I don't care. You and you start to hinder on that on that edge of I think I'm just gonna kinda push you out for a bit because yeah. I'm sick of you. That's kinda how I'm feeling towards episode seven. It's like, you know especially with these trailers that I'm looking at, I'm like, what the f- why does she have a British accent? Like you know, and then <laughs> you, and then, you sorry, yeah, I, sorry, I. Whoops. But, uh, <laughs> but you're you're taking issue with the British accent. It's like it, it. No, it's it's the fact like like you like we were talking about before. Everything was so organized, and you know at this point, if you're gonna if you're gonna trend with the with like I said, if you're gonna trend with originality, you have to trend with it. You can't trend away from it. Well, I mean, maybe she's, maybe she's descended, or her upbringing was around like the Empire, hence the British accent. Yeah, Perhaps. last time I checked in Episode Six, there was no British accent. Everyone was flat out, "Hey, did you, did you shank his ass or not?" Did, did they watch <laughs> the same Episode Six? In Empire Strikes Back, all of the Empire guys had British accents. Kinda, yeah. Well, no, not, there's no kind of about it. It was more the like... director Irvin Kirshner straight up was like, "Yeah, I intentionally made all the bad guys British, so that way they seem more higher class, so you would hate them more." 
Oh, I just hate them because they're the Empire. Yeah, it's like, you know, Lord Vader, we, we've we traveled to... Lord Vader, we've jumped out of hyperspeed and... It's like British accent. They're all British accent people. Even the guy that's like... It's like, I need more men. You know, it, it's the slight British cadence. It's like, British accents are a thing in Star Wars. You know what accent I like? The guy that's like, it's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> you know what that guy's the I like? unsung that's the, the unsung hero of the whole movie though it was like maybe half and half that's now that right. i remember yeah but at the same time though i'm like and then not only that obi-wan kenobi had a british accent yeah but he was the only one qui-gon did it and no qui-gon qui-gon kind of had liam neeson's half american half i'm just speaking in a way that i'm trying to avoid any accent so to speak yeah, it's called sort of accent. East Coast. Like, it's called <laughs> Liam Neeson threatens number one. Can we just say, though, that that one part in episode one where he goes up to the battle droids and it's like, I'm taking these people to Coruscant. Of course. Uh, where uh, are you taking them? Compute, uh, where where uh, are you taking them? To Coruscant. Uh, that, part was, that, that part was actually pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> but... Sorry, I totally interrupted you because I'm just like, really? The British accent is your breaking point? No, but like <laughs> what you were saying about the trailers, though. Sorry. Yeah, because like it doesn't really follow. You got, I don't know. It, it just, so far from what I'm looking at, and because you got other political stuff, political nonsense getting thrown into the movies, it's like, for real? Now, I can't, it's like being told, all right, you can play in the sandbox, but you can't play in the sand. And while you're at it, you got to make sure you clean it up, too. And it's like, well. If I'm here to play, why am I doing chores? Like, it doesn't, it just, it's not what making you, sense. What do you mean by political stuff? Like, we're talking about, about political it. correctness, or are you talking about, like, politics? Both. Political correctness, the politics there, into it. There is always it. an aspect of politics in Star Wars, too. I mean, it's like at the very beginning. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, as far as, like, oh, what's the best way to describe it? As far as, like, how, just how, uh, What's being, what's, not, okay, let me, let me start this over. I don't have an issue with the politics in the movie, per se. That, okay, that, I should have made that clear, my bad. Yeah, Yeah. that's normal, that has to be there. Otherwise, yeah, that, right, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. Empire vs. Rebels doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can't. Yeah. There's no story, pretty much, or at least half of it. But what I was talking, let let me focus back on the the political correctness you know you you see a dude that's supposed to be a clone of a certain of a certain let's just say a certain actor doesn't okay race i don't really care at this point what it's 2015 it you know what what difference does it make but like it's like me saying i'm a clone of steve here and you're you're gonna look at me like no you're not steve is like six foot tall white blonde hair blue eyes kid you're brown 510 brown hair brown eyes how were you his clone two things <clears throat> one they had stopped using clones by the time of a new hope but that's never why explain why well that's because the prequels never did diddly squat to actually set up anything to make sense in the in the original trilogy one that's more true. reason why the prequels suck brought yeah. to you by Steve Pugh yeah <laughs> uh, and, and then two even if they were still using clones back in the in the uh, in the original trilogy, this movie takes place how long after the original trilogy? 
23 years. Clones be expensive, yo. And the Empire's and the Empire's been driven away. They have to consolidate. We can't afford money on clones. They we just bankrupt. conscript whoever the crap we can get. Right? See, I, I just kind wish of. they had they'd the gone problem, over though. that. In, they uh, didn't in the trailers, that. they, they that's when they dropped the clone bomb. When, when did he mention he's a clone in the trailers? No, it's not when he when he mentioned he was a clone. It was the fact that that he's clones, supposed to that be clones clone? were being used. When? I'm trying to remember I, which one. I totally, I totally, no, I don't think that, because I've heard, I've heard your argument against, you know, against the, against the, uh, John Boyega playing this part, because it's like, aren't Stormtroopers supposed to be clones of, of the same dude, of the same fat. dude, but I also have another reason, too, why I like the fact that they're not going with that. It's one more reason to not acknowledge the prequels in any way, shape, or form. Maybe, that's, just the, put... maybe that's the point they were going for. Yeah, like, yeah. That... We are trying to treat them it, like they never existed. Any explanation? I there's there's Ooh. two there's two camps. Whenever you're trying to explain why something is in a movie, there's the Watsonians and the Doyleists. Watson is the character who's inside Sherlock Holmes, so you try to give an in-universe explanation for why. And Doyleist, well. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is the one who wrote the freaking story. So he has an out-of-universe reason why. I'm pretty sure the Doyleist reason why they cast John Boyega as him is that we don't want to acknowledge the prequels existed at all, so we're just going to cast an actor in this part, and we'll come up with some Watsonian reason for why he's not a clone, but the prequels suck, we don't care. To Gabe's credit, though, yeah, I, we watched that. I we watched that little video that someone posted on the web where they they matched up some like it was Hitler Hitler's reaction to watching the Force Awakens trailer the the initial one yeah and oh. <laughs> and Hitler basically this is from I think Valkyrie I think that's where it comes out of no like, you're thinking of Downfall Downfall where yeah. he like blows up and he's like yelling and there's yeah, his captains are around. And, and people, people are outside of the of the office, like crying and like yeah, what the hell's going on. And, and for a while, people uh, and for a while, people used that as like a reaction. Thing so to anything his reaction, the the captions were like, "A three bladed lightsaber, he's gonna cut his hand off." And why are they using the original music? Why are they using that for nostalgia? I want to hear a new soundtrack, which I take a point with. I like that they're using the old music, but they're using it in a new way with a new. Uh, Instrumentation. Uh, uh, yeah, there's another word for it. Um, arrangement. Arrangement. Yes, they're doing a new arrangement of the old music, which is fantastic. Yeah. And he's like, "Why can't J.J. Abrams do anything new? He's. It makes it feel like he's just trying to go back to the old movies and redo everything they did already did. Which there's great things to that, but there's, I guess there could be problems with that. But I don't think he's doing anything wrong by it. He did also say in the in the in the reaction video, why are they still on Tatooine? I want to see a new effing planet, you know, and stuff like that. That's true. And why, why are they back? Why are they, why is Tatooine so important? So what I get from <laughs> no, this back is, to the sandbox. what I, what I get from this is you agree with Hitler. No, no, I'm not. You, you, everyone, you heard it. Steve agrees with Hitler. Yeah, I agree with he Hitler just ag- too. But, but, I Two don't know if I can be on the show anymore the, the with whole, people who agree with Hitler. The whole Stormtrooper thing, like, I don't really care if he is a clone or not, or because in the reaction video he's like, "Jango Fett is the father of all clones. Why is he a black stormtrooper?" And it's like, "Oh, that really doesn't matter. Who cares? They're stormtroopers. They're expendable." Uh, I but, thought. I mean, it does I, it does raise a lot of questions for people who watched the originals and then also watched 
the prequels and are now like, okay, well, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But for a, for a lot of people, it doesn't really matter. And at the same time, if you're going to do away with the past, why are you still bringing it up? That's yeah. like me saying, you know, I forgive you, but I don't. Hmm. You know, kind of like those arguments you have with your wife. Well, I thought you said you forgave me for that. I did. I forgave you. I just didn't I didn't forget, forget it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, it... No, you... It, like, like I said, if you're going to... Like I said in the beginning, with the original plot, it's best left alone. You messed it up, you messed it up. Another good example is... Uh, what's his face? Toriyama in his Dragon Ball series. Poor guy has to come out of retirement to fix up everyone's mistake. And now he has to finish that story. That's how we got Dragon Ball Super. Same thing with Star Wars. You know, they, they, I mean, the whole point of, you know, telling a good story. Yeah, you got to explore new avenues. It's all an adventure within itself. But, you know, if, if you're going down, you know, if you're going down a path that's not working, you know, it, don't keep going down. You got to stop and realize, hey, what, what's, what is it that's not working? And either stay clear of it or just tweak it to your advantage. Not just like push it through. We already, the whole, you know, if you're going to push something through, we already saw that with the characters. You know, that's where the whole morale came from. But like the story in itself, um, no, you, it's not, not even in the lives we live. Oh, okay. No, I take that back. I could think of a couple of people who are stupid enough to go through life making the same stupid mistakes and never, you know, learning from them. But at the same time, it's like, you're telling me you're trying to, you know, it, it's like a thief telling me that he's trying to redeem himself, but I'm sitting here watching him like steal, you know, steal candy from, from a Smith store. It's like, dude, like for real, you need it. no, like you, you got to stay true to the fact that if you want, a, if you want a real change in the positive direction, at least show me that you're fighting for it. Not so much, oh, that I am, but I still have my bad habits. <laughs> it doesn't, it, you can't do that. That's why when I look at these, when I look at these trailers, it just kind of, it's like, you know, are they really, what, like, what are they trying, what's their intention here? Like, what are they trying to do? Let's see, when I see these new trailers, I look at the fact that the first trailer we showed didn't show any of the original cast members. No, didn't. didn't. show, the only... No, but the voices were there. No, it's like, the the original trailer was... Was the voice? Of oh wait, wait, wait! Which trailer are you talking about? Because the there's, original there's, there's like three teaser trailer. trailer when people it was like first 30, lost it was 30, their shit it was over the fact seconds. that it was a black seconds. stormtrooper. Oh, that you that's know a, that's that original one is like, what we saw was black stormtrooper, which people are like, and, and then stormtroopers. Inside, yeah, and then stormtroopers. An X-wing. And then yeah, the three-bladed lightsaber and Kylo Ren from the back. Yeah, and then we also saw um, Falcon. And then the Millennium Falcon. And that Millennium was pretty Falcon. much it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and it's like. And, and we didn't see, we didn't see Han Solo. The only thing that they gave us was of like voice. an old whiff of nostalgia, the voice was, the voice was freaking the guy who does Gollum. That's whose voice that was. Andy Serkis. Yeah, Andy Serkis. Man, that guy does like everything. Yeah, he does. He does like all, everything that you would never want to do. Yep. He always does, he either does a guy that dies in the movie or he does some kind of crazy creature person. Or he plays a gorilla. Or, or a gorilla. He seems to really be into playing gorillas. He really loves wearing the mocap suit, I think. Yeah, yeah. But um but like, yeah, the only thing that original trailer gave us was the only thing that it gave us was 
the Millennium Falcon. Like every like other than that, it was all new stuff. There were people complaining like, "Why can't you show us the old stuff? We know you have the old stuff. Why are you only showing us the new stuff?" And <laughs> oh, you know, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's just sort of, it's like, and now that we're getting some of the old stuff, you're sitting here being like, "Why are you only giving us the old stuff? Why not give us some new stuff?" It's like we're in the marketing phase. We don't know what's actually we don't know what's actually in the freaking movie. So, we're, it's all speculation. It really is all speculation, but from <laughs> what, what the... I've seen and I've felt from the trailer so far is that they're taking a step in a new direction while trying to keep us in remembrance of yeah. what is the best parts of the Star Wars movies that we love. Yeah. So, they've, they're keeping a lot of the practical effects. They're trying to move ahead with a new arrangement of this original score, which I think is clever because it's not redoing what you've already done. It's improving yeah on what you've done without losing your focus and they're they're adding in some new elements and new characters to the story that we can grow to love like we did with our, the original characters i i'm optimistic but i'm not a hundred percent i'm probably like 80 percent committed to this movie being a lot better i'm not gonna say it's perfect or it's gonna be much better than four five and six but i'm gonna say it's gonna be a lot better than one, two, and three. I'm like Schrodinger's cat on it. I'm both ridiculously excited for the movie so and totally un- and totally unmoved at the same time. Until it comes out and I actually see it, I'm both. I gotta tell you though, <laughs> I was super moved by just the music, the new arrangement from. Well, the, the way it started out with the piano, like oh, it's so good. Well, the funny thing is too is like part like I get kind of a I'm kind of a purist when it comes to Star Wars music a bit. Um, because I've seen some people, in fact, I, I got in an argument with one of my friends because they showed me this sort of tribute to the original trilogy, and I'm like, the music doesn't sound very Star Wars-y. And she's like, but it's just, like, music. I'm like, no, no. The music sounds very Hans Zimmer, forward movie propulsion type of music. That's not Star Wars. Star Wars is sweeping. It's... It's grand gestures from side to oh, side yes. and up and down. Very that so. is Star Wars. All you the know, way, yeah. It's like Star Wars musically is like watching an Italian guy's hands while he talks. That's what Star <laughs> Wars is like. It's this waving through the air. And the music was just too much like... It's a big switch to the, the lightsaber, mu- the man. The music was too much just like a New, was too much like a New Yorker uh, emphasizing a point. Just up and down was the, you know, like... I'm like, that's not Star Wars. But, and so part of me was almost like, piano in Star Wars? Star Wars doesn't use piano. They use strings. <laughs> they use strings. They use strings and and uh, woodwinds. What the crap? But then I realized that all the way back into New Hope, if you listen to the full thing of Princess Leia's theme, uh, there's a straight up fiddle. It's not even like a violin. It's a fiddle. It's, a, it's the whole, me, 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 like, <laughs> and I'm just like, if you, okay, you should have okay. seen, you should you should have just seen Scott right now with his with his hands. He was playing the smallest fiddle in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And that, I used to play the fiddle. And you, and I play that smallest fiddle for all the people who will be disappointed that Luke Skywalker is not in fact the villain in this movie. Oh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him not being it. But I think he's going to die in this movie. That's my prediction. No, I'm predicting he's dying. No, I, I'll, I'll tell you who's going to die. And don't. Say it's Han. I don't want it to be Han. It's so gonna be Han. Why do you think it's gonna be Han? Um, because he's, he's the mentor figure. 
He's the mentor figure in this movie. I think Luke's Who is the mentor figure in episode one? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, oh no, no, Obi- and number one, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, what happened to him? Oh, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, in episode four, <laughs> who was the mentor figure? Obi-Wan Kenobi. What happened to him? Well, they were both Jedi, so it makes sense that, you know, Luke Skywalker got good die because he's also a Jedi. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> no, not really. It had nothing to do with the... It has to do with them being a mentor figure. All right, let's switch to something else. It's like, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Who is the mentor figure? And Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah. Oh, Gandalf. What happened to him? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. No, yeah. he's not. Well, actually, no, he, he did. <laughs> no, Gandalf the Gray died. Well, yeah, Gandalf, Gandalf the White the Gray came died. Back, yeah. But Gandalf, Gandalf the, the Gray died. Technically, yes. If you look at if you look at the personality, Gandalf the White is a lot more kind of straight-laced and less fun. To the point that Ian McKellen said, I hated playing Gan- Gandalf the White. I love Gandalf the Gray. <laughs> Gandalf the Gray is like the old, the old Gray, crotchety. He's cantankerous. He's, he's just like, like he's the one that's like, stop being so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Gandalf the where you know, Gandalf the White was just like, stop being so stupid. You know, it was more. Anyway. He did like more like Captain Picard at that point. He was just like, I'm the commander of he this really ship. He really kind of did actually. Right. He was just kind of like, I am the commander was, of this ship in this out, journey. He was and... out Picarding Picard. He was. He, he out Picarded Picard. Which is appropriate considering that Ian McKellen is best friends with Patrick Stewart. Man, that is so weird. Have you listened to his new thing, Blunt Talk? Uh, no. Or watched it? I we, I've heard it's pretty we good. We should discuss this on another time. Never. Later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but, we're kind of running low on time, but... Yeah. Um, well, but anyway, I'm calling it Han Solo's a goner. A sp- and this, for me, the smoking gun is that you see in interviews... Harrison Ford is excited about this movie. I repeat. He said Harrison really Ford good. is actually excited about a Star Wars movie. He was never excited yeah. about the Star Wars movies. He never was. Especially if you see his character. If you could see his portrayed character on the original on episodes 4, 5, and 6. Like if you could, if you look past the character of him as Han Solo and look, look at him as Harrison Ford. You could tell his face. He was like, "Are we done?" Like, yeah, yeah. As the movies went on, he was more and more just like, "Are we done yet?" He does not get excited about Star Wars. He tried to convince George Lucas, "Can I just die? Can I just die at the end of this?" I'm convinced the reason why he's so excited about this Star Wars movie is because he knows it's his last one. He's like, "I don't have to do this again. I'm gonna die." I'll tell you my reasoning why I think Luke's gonna die. So. My theory here is that Luke has been living on Tatooine, and when in the parts where we see that the Knights of Ren are raiding a Tatooine village or a desert-like village, actually, part, that desert planet is not Tatooine. What do you mean it's not Tatooine? It's a different desert planet. It's not Tatooine. You can't have two desert planets. You only get. <laughs> oh one. my gosh, you're right. You can't have two desert planets or more than one forest planet, or you know what I mean? Because it's like here on Earth, we certainly don't have more than one forest that involves pine trees or more than one tundra or more than one let me finish my theory <laughs> so they raid after i've shot it, it to pieces what it, no what it looks like and if you pay attention to the trailer yeah is that you've seen luke touching r2d2 that's his hand obviously touching yeah. r2d2 same setting as this as the setting where they are burning down a village or they're trashing a village also you see kylo ren slicing Slicing something or someone down with his lightsaber. Obvious. What I think is that Luke is there trying to mentor 
or be a mentor to John Boyega, Finn, or Ray, who are there, and he lets himself get struck down by Kylo Ren. That is my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I hate the fact that sounds like a plausible theory because I'm going to be so ticked off. If, it if is. we go the entire <laughs> movie. He's not in the posters. He's not in any oh. of the promos. The only reason they wouldn't put him in there is if he's only in it briefly and he dies. And see, I don't know that if it's all... I think the reason why they don't do that is why he's not in the poster and everything is because he's like... Every movie J.J. Abrams does, there's always a quote-unquote mystery box. And this is the one thing that gives me pause that worries me about the movie. J.J. Abrams is obsessed with this whole mystery box thing. He's like, see this box? Do you know what's in this box? Of course you don't know what's in this box. I'm not going to tell you what's in this box. I'm going to tease you. What's Fringe is so good. He does that every single but episode. But it works with Fringe. What it didn't work with was freaking... What uh, was freaking... Uh, crap. I want to call it 8mm again. What the... A, Super 8. Super 8. Super 8. This whole mystery box was stupid. It's like, you know what's in this box? An alien in this box. An alien is in this box. And everybody hates it. Yeah, it's like... It's like, well, what about the alien? Well, he's an alien. Do we like him? Sure. Do we dislike him? Sure. It doesn't matter, because it was an alien. That was was in the box. And you're just like, freaking really, dude? Like, come on. No one cares. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, I'm worried. And so, like, the reason why he's not showing Luke is because Luke is what's in the box. What's happened to Luke? Why is he in the box? Yeah, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. And if the reason why is... But it could be they're going to kill him, or it could just be... I don't know. All I know is that... I've inceptioned you. I've put it in your head now that he could be that he could be dead, and that they no, might kill him. Well, the thing is, you played off of what's already in my head, because you've got those stupid people who are like, Luke Skywalker is really Kylo Ren. I'm like... Oh, that's it's a bogus theory. I don't even believe it. Yeah, that theory is so... just that just, It makes no just sense. It just feels so slacked on stupid. That just tells me someone only watched half that half the trailer. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> that's like people still trying to say that that there was more than one person oh, shooting Oh, I want to finish what you started. And it's Luke Skywalker finishing his father's journey, which makes no sense because he tried to convince his dad to be he good He was in there the first when place. his father was dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't make well, any sense. No, my favorite thing that totally fact, shoots the crap... the journey already on episode six like the, the the fact the thing that that my favorite bit that totally just dispels the lucas kylo ren theory is kylo ren's lightsaber is the most ghetto lightsaber we've ever seen in star wars movies it's still pretty cool i think I it's mean, cool uh... it's cool looking but it's ghetto it's not because, practical though well no it's, <laughs> it's not so not what, I, what i mean is like is if you look at the blade lightsaber's blades have that you know, have that perfect uh, beveling effect. They're kind of... Oh, his is pretty edgy. His is really edgy and really ragged and really almost like maybe he didn't old. know how to properly maybe, put it together. Maybe he's like... Maybe it's like a super old lightsaber. Like That's it's stupid. A no. 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 Because then you're supporting the Luke Skywalker as Kylo Ren people. No, it's well, they're the Knights of Ren. Like, Knights are kind of an old idea, right? So maybe they're an old traditional group of men and this is a hand no. in any case the in any case because no, not even not, like in even in weapons history like think about it if okay for instance when i did martial arts uh you know the katana blade that i that i got to train with it was even it even though it was dull it was still you know properly kept like it wasn't raggedy it wasn't 
you know, it wasn't. It didn't look like a three, like a kindergartner trying to make it during art, or during art time. It was. It's made out of macaroni. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was. It was still. It still held its shape, its yeah. form, blah blah blah. Yeah. But if you go back to the history of the katana, where it came from, you know, there, there are people that were so skilled that they took a kitchen knife and turned it into a katana. But it doesn't. But when their finished product wasn't half katana, half uh, kitchen. Knife. My wife's kitchen knife. It was an actual katana. This yeah. was more of like a. This guy, he, he, you know, he just got frustrated. That for, you know, just looking at that blade, it's like he got frustrated. He's built on, you know, he's just built on revenge. Yeah. And so I, I, if anyone's gonna die, it's gonna be this dude. <clears throat> I can see now. I, you know, if you put that theory out there, he, him dying in the first movie, and then someone else within the knights or someone else coming out to finish what the dark side carried out that i could see and then you know you could throw out the theory there's probably a, a dark cult going going around blah 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 but back to the back to that lightsaber there, no man it, that's not the product of someone who's skilled that's the product of of an amateur who said screw this i i don't know how to do this but i'm gonna make my best attempt anyway you a clever bet somebody's idiot. gonna lose a hand in this movie They've oh said God. that about it would not every... be a Star Wars movie if someone didn't lose a hand. They have said that in every Marvel slash Disney movie in this year and the next year, every movie will involve somebody losing a hand of, or an or I think they said a limb, in some way. Well, that's kind of broad. Well, you, I think well, it was kinda... I think it was hand. Crunching. I think it was hand. Because you can look at Agents of Shield. You can look at the Avengers. There are. There are moments in each. Who lost one of them. a hand in Avengers? I'm trying to remember. I know it's the, something oh, the happened. One? Somebody lost a hand in Age of Ultron. Oh, ah, oh, uh, Claw. Oh yeah, yeah Claw, Claw did lose a hand. Claw lost a hand. What about Ant Man? Ant Man. Uh oh. Uh, when he's shrinking, the first thing to go is his hand. When at the end, the villain. Oh, okay, that's stretching, but all right. It's a stretch, but it's true. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about a lot of like a lot of these. Not just conspiracy theories, but also meaningful. You ever notice how all this stuff is connected? It's all reaching. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of it is reaching. You're like, why? Are you, why are you trying to connect this? It doesn't have to connect. It doesn't. It's not meaningful when you try and what? stretch out. That statement you said right there. Why are you trying to connect this? It doesn't have to connect. Is the root of so many problems with the Star Wars extended universe and even the prequels. Oh yeah. It's like. Why do these characters have to be connected? You don't have... Why do Yoda and Chewbacca know each other? Why did you have to make a connection? Why did you have to make that connection? That may Why did you have to connect Boba Fett with the Stormtroopers? Why did you have to... Why did you connect any of this crap? It didn't have to mean anything. You Not everything universe, has to... You made the universe smaller. Because now you've reduced everything to being about a handful of people instead of making it feel like it's a uh, universe out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bigger universe out there. And that's one of the things that I am kind of excited that this new, that episode seven and everything. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited because it feels to me like, unlike the prequels, like they're actually treating it. Like there are, there's a universe outside of, what we saw before. If I can make one connection, though, like one thing that I want to see enter back into the universe, I want Kyle Katarn. 
I would say Mara Jade. I, I want Mara Jade back. I want him to just make a cameo. I don't care if he's in it for reals. I, if if Kyle Katarn makes one appearance, like in a bar scene somewhere in these new huh. movies, I am totally good with that. If he just sits there and says, "Yeah, I was a Jedi once," oh, that would just kill it for me. That would be the end of it. I'd just be like, "Oh, I'm I'm satisfied. I can die happy now," because he he has a really great story. He has yeah. a. He has a very Luke-like story, and that some people hate that, but I liked it. Oh, yeah. But well, yeah, you know, I... if if that if all we got if all I got out of it was just a crappy bar scene where he's just sitting there, sits there, and he tossing around his lightsaber and says, "Oh, I was a Jedi once. I even went to the dark side once too," <laughs> and then they left it at that, I'd be like, "Oh, it's awesome." Yeah, I hmm. fit, I highly doubt that will figure into the plot at all, but it would be no, cool. No, but it would be freaking cool. Yeah, save I... for episode nine. Yeah. Save for episode nine. Or or the um, Star Wars Rebels series. Oh yeah, there's always that. If he came back in that, which would be easier because he started out in video games. Yeah. You know, with that animation, yeah, it'd be easy I, to fit I in. I still hold out hope that Mara Jade in some way exists in this new Star Wars universe because she was always my favorite. I like the fact that he and her got together by the end. Yeah. That made me happy. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to have Luke have a love interest, and it was also nice too that. Even aside from her being Luke's love interest, because honestly, it seems like now he's been a hermit. I doubt he had a love interest, or you know, who knows? He's probably got tons of illegit, like illegitimate. Maybe offspring. who knows? Who knows? Because again, he's what's in the mystery box, and we won't see what's in the mystery box. That we what's see in Pandora's movie. box? Are you prepared to open it? We'll find out. So, yeah. But any final thoughts? Um, uh, I like to just quote Jalil White. As the character Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm waiting. <laughs> Scott? I don't know how I could follow that one up. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I know it may sound like I'm a little brat, but hey, like I said. And see, I, I would instead quote Wallace Shawn from The Princess Bride. I'm waiting! <laughs> you go love that guy. <laughs> but, uh... I don't know, I guess my, my final thoughts are Star Wars, if you don't re- if you don't bring my love back to you, I have Lord of the Rings and other franchises I can love. To keep me warm at night. I, yeah, I have other franchises that keep me warm at night, so. I still don't... watch Dune from time to time. Dune. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my the gosh. guy who directed Dune almost directed Return of the Jedi. Oh, no way. Well, let me that. rephrase. He was offered the chance to, return the, to direct Return of the Jedi. So when you watch Dune, just realize that's almost what Return of the Jedi was. Man, wasn't Dune wasn't Dune pretty good? I liked it. Dune is one of those movies that It was a sci-fi movie. It was a sci-fi movie. It had very great, interesting production design. And I like it for being batshit more... batshit bonkers. But it oh, was yeah. not a well-made movie. It, it was, was like more watching five a... and sigh. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I liked watching it. it. It felt like watching something like Kurt Vonnegut would have wrote and then putting it in a movie. It was just like all over the place. It was like Slaughterhouse-Five meets meets Star Wars. Man, I can kind of see that. Kind of. You... But... Alright, let me ask this very important question. Have um, you seen any of anything else done by that director, David Lynch? Um, not that I'm aware of. I probably have. I just don't re- remember. Oh, and like uh, there you go. Twin Peaks. Nope, never seen it. Um, I have. 
You saw Twin Peaks? I've seen Twin Peaks. All right, you and I can still be friends. Uh, <laughs> Eraserhead. No. Um, Lost Highway. No. Uh, Blue Velvet. No. The Straight Story. No. The Straight Story? Yeah, he did The Straight Story. Weird. That's, yeah, the one where the guy rides across on a lawnmower? Yeah. Yeah, he totally did that movie. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's huh. like, it was like his way of being like, see, I could do a normal movie. I don't have to be weird all the time. You don't think I can do this crap? <laughs> yeah. Mulholland Drive. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I've heard that's a really good movie. Well, uh, y- you're hearing it now, ladies and gentlemen. Steven and I are no longer friends. You heard this live-ish, sort of. Yeah. You heard this pre-recorded live. Pre-recorded in a live setting. Uh, I, I think this bit was funnier in my head, actually. I don't care. Whatever. Like a high school couple. We'll come back together again. We'll always get back together. It was me, baby. It was my fault. That's right. <laughs> but um, I was I'm, just trying to make you jealous before the big prom. I I'm super excited. And uh, one other note, I know I'm probably gonna start doing a news bit before each one of these podcasts. But just as a note, the most the thing I'm most excited for, even if, on top of these trailers, is the fact that it's pretty much confirmed that the Batman solo film is gonna be a Red Hood story. Oh, that's cool. It's gonna be the Red Hood solo story that we wanted. You are sweet. You're more excited about that than I am. I'm just looking forward to a good story. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have I mean, a good story, like a... but the, I really wanted to see the Red Hood story live, you know, in a in the Batman solo film. And with this Batman, it's going to be even better, I think. Yeah. Just hoping that Zack Snyder does that too. Does, I don't know. Does Batman to me, it kind of feels like they're already, like, pissing on uh, Christian Bale Batman's grave. Oh. It, it, it's like you know the same thing where it's like it's like man they're already they already rebooted Spider-Man like Tommy McGuire wasn't hadn't stopped being Spider-Man for that long it's like yeah it's like that was like oh we're already pretending that Chris, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies don't exist now it's like well that's kind of disingenuous we wouldn't have a lot of this big super superhero boom if not for that that's true Although, I'm just glad they're doing other stories. They're doing other things that people want to see that are are great. And I think... That are still related to Batman. That because are, that, well, yeah. that, that, that is the definition of other stories we've never seen before. Like... Stuff that includes Batman. Long We've Halloween, never seen anything that includes Batman. You know... Never. <laughs> never seen anything that includes Batman. Well, Batman I'm so has... glad they're showing his parents die, too, because we've never seen that either. Nope, never seen that. That doesn't happen <laughs> I didn't ever. know he had parents. <laughs> he was born an orphan. He was, he was born, born with dead he parents. He was immaculate conception of dead parents. <laughs> he came, he was he was delivered out of a dead womb. Oof. Oh, okay. That's Shame. too far. That's Shame. the line. That's the line right there. <laughs> feel, feel the room, Scott. Feel the room. <laughs> but I and just on the flip side for the news clip, that earthquake in AZ was off the hook. Highest it went was a four point something. We nice. will Arizona. We I will see rebuild. You, I, I see what you did there. It was off the hook, huh? Yeah. All your coats—they fell off the hook. Off the hook. Because of the big earthquake. Off the shelf. Hey, we will rebuild. That's all I can say. We will rebuild. That's the great tagline that's coming to uh, to Arizona when they rebuild. And we to this rebuild. movie. Star Wars will rebuild. Oh, that's good. Good point. But I think there's lots of great stories, other stories that Batman has to tell. There's Hush, there's uh, Long Halloween, and some other great things, and I, I just hope that... We already it, got the Long Halloween. Long Halloween was basically Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. 
Oh, I... I don't know. Some people are arguing that it, that it wasn't exactly according well, to no, it. No, but, but it was as close to the dark... It, it was as close to the long Halloween oh, as I agree. Marvel movies have been to their source material. That's yeah. true. They, they linger close to it, but they're not on it. Yeah. But anyway, off with our heads. That is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We're at Sons of Comics. YouTube. Uh, YouTube. And then also, if you want to donate, you can find us on Patreon. And, uh, you know, if you just want to donate a dollar every month or 50 cents every month, that's cool. Uh, all donations go towards making better podcasts and providing you with cool content and things for you to enjoy. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>